pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 155. Today I'm going to chat with Don, a.k.a. Such, discuss the veto of red flag law in New Hampshire, highlight a new trigger for the Springfield Hellcat, and talk about a new kind of speakeasy. I'm your host, Ava Flannell, and Don, how are you doing today? Doing great, Ava. How are you? I'm doing well, although somebody made me wait 30 minutes, and we had an appointment, <laughs> and you know, I just got to ask, is your secretary, is she on vacation, or is she not coming into the office because of COVID? She can't handle it. She can't handle me. <laughs> oh, that's the only thing I kept thinking. I was like, okay, all right. And then I'm like, watch him to walk him through how to get on Zoom. <laughs> it's all right. I got patience. It's still fairly early in the week. Yes, it is. All right. Before we get into it, I'm going to talk about Manticore Arms real quick. If you're not familiar with them, they make some awesome parts, especially for the IWI firearms. And what I've noticed is what's popular on guns in other countries isn't always comfortable for us in the United States to use. For example, some of the safety levers or they lack butt pads or the charging handle. So Manticore Arms has designed all these aftermarket parts for these guns, and it makes it so much easier to shoot, so much more comfortable. Definitely check them out. It's at manticorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Okay, so before we start, I just want you to know I still have the cigar that you gave me in Georgia. (laughs) And this is probably, what, eight months? You think it's still good? Is it like wine where it just gets better with age? It does, but it needs to be humidified a little bit, but it's still good. Oh, boy. Man, and <laughs> I live in good. a really dry state, too. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's a good one, so it'll be good. Okay. All right, good. I was hoping we would smoke it together because I don't really know how to smoke cigars, but I guess I'll just have to YouTube how to smoke a cigar. We'll do it next time. Yeah, all right. I'll bring a fresh one for you. All right, good. <laughs> I think they are still doing that same shoot. Yeah, they are. Okay, cool. So maybe we'll do it there. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if I'm invited. I may not be cool enough. <laughs> oh, I think you will be. I'll make sure you get an invitation. Oh, thank you. See, it pays to know people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for listeners who may not be familiar with you, you're known for having an awesome YouTube channel, but can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how it is that you got into this industry? Well, I grew up in a family business. We make jewelry, custom jewelry, goldsmith. And so, you know, there's a lot of security involved in that. And I've always been a gun guy, just loved them. So, you know, it was just my passion. I mean, I just love to shoot. I used to do a lot of competitive shooting. And, you know, I was around during the Clinton assault weapons ban. So, you know, I was kind of politically charged as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, you know, just got on YouTube because I just saw people shooting and I thought, well, I've got guns, I'll shoot. And it's really what got me started, just making a couple of videos. And then people were watching. So I just kept making them. Oh, nice. But, and did you continue to work for your family business while doing this? Well, I did. But then I went to work for a corporate America. I worked for a, a company and traveled a lot. Kind of got out of guns for a little while. I was flying a lot and but then came back and we sold the business. And then I came back and really got into guns from there. But the big thing was with YouTube on the prepping side, because, you know, I also have the Sensible Prepper channel. Mm-hmm. People felt kind of like they were on the fringe, gun owners. Gun owners felt like they were you know, a little different, 
you know, they were, they weren't the majority. They were just kind of a, a small fringe group. And I think one of the big things about YouTube is it pulled a lot of people together to say, there's a lot of people that think the same way I do. Mm-hmm. And that is really what got my channel actually going because I started looking at these questions and, and people were, you know, encouraged. And so, and it said, you know, they were like, you're just a regular guy. You're not some kind of gun nut, which I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hide well, it well. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, it was, they were just going, you're just a normal person. You're shooting. You like to shoot. You like, you know, you're serious about self-defense. And so it really became, you know, a mission for people to take responsibility for their own self-defense. And that is still my mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do gun reviews because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of cool things out there and we like to shoot. But honestly, the base of our mission is, is to inspire people to shoot and to take self-defense. And obvi- obviously now with the defund the police movement and a lot of things like that, you know, self-defense, personal self-defense has become even more important than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's been my big mission. And of course, the bigger you get, you know, people start saying, hey, will you review this or will you do this? You know, it's been nine years, I believe. No, 11 years, 11 years. I started in 2008. So uh, it's been quite a ride. And that's when you gave up your day job and dedicated yourself to just doing this. Well, after, you know, not right at first, but, you know, for a couple of years, you know, just kind of, I mean, I just, I didn't even know that YouTube had any ad money. I didn't know that was a part of it. Uh-huh. You know, I was just doing my own thing. I had my own guns. I was borrowing them from friends. I was just doing whatever. And then all of a sudden, I heard someone on YouTube. I think it was <laughs> Phil DeFranco. He said, you know, something about his ad money. And I was like, what? They'll actually pay you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I signed up. And I think I had like 10,000 subscribers before I even started doing that part yeah. of the business. So, so you know, yeah, it was a, it was a journey that just kind of evolved. And it wasn't on purpose. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily named it Sooch if, you know, for a gun channel. <laughs> yeah. How did you come up with that name? My oldest son, Seth, his name is, uh, I called him Sooch when he was a little guy, you know, when he's a little boy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, so I just named the channel that just because, you know, they wanted a name. And it's funny because there for a while, he didn't like me calling him Sooch. But then once we got really popular, he, he's he Sooch Senior. <laughs> I'm Sooch Junior. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You have two sons, right? I do, Grant. So Grant how does with us. how does the other son feel about that? Oh, he knows the deal. He don't <laughs> care. <laughs> he's a re- he's real laid back. Actually, I think I saw a picture. It was around the holidays, and you posted a picture with your two sons, and I was like, "Hmm, they're kind of cute." And I was gonna hit you up and be like, "Hey, are they single?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that because I showed him your picture. Oh, you did. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so what they think? Is it a go? Are you going to play matchmaker? Yeah. They were like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. And she likes guns. All right. Yeah. There you go. It's like I should already be accepted into the family just because I like guns. Oh, you are. You know, anytime, you know, you come by, just come on over. (laughs) You've been in and out of the industry for a while, especially because I actually, when my parents, they owned a gun store and I do remember the Clinton era and the assault weapons ban and quote unquote assault weapons ban and stuff like that. Just vaguely, I was pretty young, but how have you seen the industry change since you started? Well, I think one big thing was Iraq and Afghanistan. A lot of people saw how vulnerable that we really are, you know, as a nation. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of veterans come back. And honestly, to me, it kind of made self-defense more of something that you just should do. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just having that revolver in the nightstand that you've never fired before. 
people started actually training. A lot of vets came over and started, you know, training schools. People really started getting into it. You know, when I first started, uh, you know, people were looking for a particular gun for self-defense. Now people are looking for number 15, number mm-hmm. 16. I mean, what's the newest thing that's out? Yeah. And and so I think people are buying a lot more guns per person because they're getting, you know, they just, they're getting into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really enjoy it. It's like years ago, I went to uh, the, the range that I actually started my channel on. It was a public range. And I would walk up with my AR and there'd be all these guys with bolt action rifles, you know, c- citing them in for hunting or whatever. Now, when I go to that range, it's all AR-15s and maybe one bolt action rifle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was a whole mindset change over the past few years. Uh, same thing with the prepping side. You know, a lot of people are just like, you know, preppers are crazy. In fact, I even did a video about it. You know, preppers are crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not like, a, in fact, I was actually invited to be on the pilot episode of Doomsday Preppers. They were trying to get me to be on it. And I was like, I'm not the guy you're looking for. I'm not a bunker guy. I'm not like that. I, I'm just, you know, but I am a serious prepper, but yeah. more, and that's why it's sensible, you know, use your brain. But it was funny because people at one time when I first got started, they would come up to me. I mean, t- I'm talking about like presidents of gun companies and stuff. You know, they would say on the sneak, they'd whisper and they'd say, Hey, I, I put a go bag together. You know, I put a get home bag together. You know, they were kind mm-hmm. of secretive. And now it's become kind of mainstream to have a bag in your car with some survival items, you know, or, or emergency items. And, um, you know, it's just, I mean, Doomsday Preppers was a crazy show, yeah. but a lot of people were inspired to say, you know, they're way out there, but I need to at least do something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, I actually, so I've watched that show a few times and it kind of, it's interesting to see how they're graded where I'm like, well, I don't know. I think that they would be okay with that, but then they get graded pretty poorly. Right. And, but it definitely makes you think, and it, it makes you realize that you can never plan enough. Right. Well, you can't. But And, you know, that's one of the problems is some people get so sucked into it that it becomes their whole lifestyle. Yeah. And, and that's their, you know, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. But, you know, for me, I enjoy living life and, you know, going places and doing things and not always worried about, you know, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it looks like 2020. In fact, this is funny because back in about November, I started really having some serious doubts about what I was doing because, you know, for me, it's not about being popular or, or getting a lot of people to come up and go, oh, you know, for me, it's, it's a mission. Mm-hmm. And so for the prepping side, you know, I kind of started looking at it and I thought, what's really going to happen? I mean, really, you know, crimes dropping. I mean, we have a, a America's strong, you know, and, um, and it was funny because I really kind of had some doubts. And then, of course, January hit. And I went, okay, for the first three months, we were able just to stay at home. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to even go anywhere. Wow. And um, so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I, I think, you know, you never know what's down the road. So it's really good to at least have some things put back because that way you're not in a panic when things hit. If something does hit you're in more of a, you can make wiser decisions. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, that's just a big thing for me. Well, after this whole thing, I stocked up on so much toilet paper because I'm never going to be in that position again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people, you know, they kind of freaked out. Now they're back to whatever. But that's one of the things I tell people. I say, guys, you know, the elections are coming. And no matter who wins, there's going to be some crazy stuff going on after that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I agree. 
Oh, it's so, so. crazy. But I got to say 2020 kind of has been sort of a, a semi letdown for the apocalypse. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been crazy. It's definitely 2020 has been the craziest year of my life. I'm sure many can agree, but it's also been a little bit of a letdown. I loaded all my magazines. I was ready to go and they're just sitting there loaded. Eventually, I'm going to have to <laughs> unload all of them, <laughs> go back to <laughs> real life. Unload them at the range. <laughs> yeah, there but, you go. Yeah, of course, you know, the thing is, is a lot of people, it, it really shocked me when COVID really hit strong and a buddy of mine who's in law enforcement, he called me and he goes, what is up? He goes, I just went into academy and the shelves are empty, the ammo shelves. And he said, and the guns are going. And he said, wow. And I said, you know, it shocked me. It really did. I kind of went, why? Why are they doing that? Uh, but, you know, a lot of people were concerned about food shortages and things like that. Uh, once the riots started, you know, it was like, wow, you know, yeah. what in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it all and it was so politicized. Yeah. And, you know, so it's it's gotten stronger. And, you know, honestly, really what's going on could be ended in one night if law enforcement was allowed to do their job. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it spread. And that that really concerns me. But the great thing about South Carolina is and other there are certain you know states that aren't uh, that have a little more of a hard line you know we we haven't had much trouble at all i mean you know they're kind of staying out so i saw where colorado they had a backlash where some antifa pushed a guy in a wheelchair down a he was a disabled veteran they pushed him down to a ditch and they got a butt whooping like i've never seen like i I mean and then they got arrested (laughs) so it was a double whammy for those guys mm mm-hmm Yeah, there's been a few incidents here in Colorado, and then they closed the major interstate, a bunch of protesters, and then somebody decided, well, they're just going to drive anyways, which I got to say, that's what the street's meant to be, you know, to be driven on, and it ended in a shooting. It's just, it's so insane. But I think that for anybody who didn't have a gun before this, all this stuff, whether it was resources limited or defund the police, riots, who knows if your house is going to be caught within the riots and stuff. So I think that that sort of woke a lot of people up and they realized that they need to get something to protect themselves. Right. And as a result, yeah, no, it definitely is. But as a result, I've been working, I probably teach about four to five classes a week now, which that's awesome. It is, but I'm like, okay, there's going to be an end in sight, and there's no end in sight. <laughs> <laughs> Just gets busier and busier. Yeah, I hate to say it, but this climate that we're in right now is really good for us. It is, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody, but for us, it's really good. I know. I definitely agree. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about SB Tactical real quick. I was going through my box of gun parts, which, Don, I'm sure you have a box of gun parts, right? And then eventually you bring it all out and you're like, oh, cool, I could build another AR. So I totally (laughs) have that. And so I was going through it because I was like, maybe I'll put together a Frankenstein AR with just extra parts. And I noticed that I have a TF-1913 in my box, which makes me realize I probably need to get another AK pistol because I think that it looks awesome on those. I'm thinking about maybe an Arsenal AK. If you guys haven't seen it, it looks like a triangle stock, but it's not a stock. You don't have to spend that $200 on a tax stamp to SBR it because it's a brace. And it still has kind of the features of a triangle stock where it'll fold onto the side into a compact package. It's awesome. I love it. I believe it's on the website for $199. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you get 15% off. And that is at sb-tactical.com. Okay, so Don, I've got to know, what got you started in prepping? 
Did something happen where it was kind of an eye opener or was it just something that you saw on TV? What initially started it? Well, you know, my grandparents went through the Great Depression and we stayed there in the summers a lot. Uh, Big farm, horses, cattle, you know, just and at the time I didn't really even think about it. But my grandparents were would be considered preppers now because, you know, they did all their canning. They ate out of the garden. My grandfather fished a lot. He hunted. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to shoot. And so I, I learned a lot that way. My family were Baptist and, you know, revelation is a big part of, you know, what we go by and, you know, you kind of watch things that way. So I've always had a bent, not necessarily doing a whole lot for it. I was really heavy on the guns for a long time when I was young, mm -hmm. but, you know, there wasn't any specific event that happened. It was just that I would watch things, especially getting, you know, with, with the Clinton years and of course, even with Obama. And that was really when I started, really started my channel was during the Obama years, just kind of looking at things and going, this country could go south faster than you really think. And so it kind of got me started that way. And so then from there, of course, once I started the actual Prepper channel, then I got even deeper into it, just being prepared. And one thing that I try to tell people is, is, you know, you can have a personal SHTF. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. So it's good to have things to be prepared. Mm -hmm. But if something does happen, it's like I told my son one time, he, he looked at me, this is Seth, and he was, he was probably about 12. And he said, Dad, we were out in the garage, we were organizing some food stuff that we had. And he said, why do we have all this food? And I said, let me tell you something. I said, number one, something can happen. I said, it's unlikely, but something can happen. And I said, you know, I'm all into guns, right? I said, I've got all these guns and I can shoot. I've done competitive shooting, blah, blah, blah. So I said, if you guys were hungry, my family, I said, what would stop me from going up and down our street and just taking whatever they have? I said, because I could do it. Mm -hmm. I said, but that's not who I am. I said, I can't do that. Can't do it before God. I said, so I put food back to take care of our family. And honestly, to take care, I'm not a lone wolf guy. I, you know, if people need help. I want to help. Mm -hmm. But he looked at me and he goes, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, it, you know, it was just one of those things. And there's a lot of, and it's unfortunate, but there are a lot of guys out there and, and or people out there that kind of look at it as I have guns, so I'm not worried about it. I'll just take what I want. Mm -hmm. And that that's part of the problem. That's not part of the solution. And I just feel like, you know, you need to be a positive force. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you, that you stated that and explained it to your son, especially at the age of 12, because you don't want to freak him out and be like, well, the end of the world's coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you want to be careful. You yeah. want to be because, you know, and even here, you know, even on my channel, I try not to say, you know, it's all hell's breaking loose. Yeah. I did a video just recently. It was called the collapse of America and it was what you need to do. And after watching the video, after I made it, I looked at it and I went, "Ugh, that's just depressing. <laughs> and so I went back and redid it and, you know, did more of a, you know, these are some things that can happen. You need to be prepared, you know, but these are some things you need to do to counterbalance it, you know, yeah. like getting your vote out, like speaking out on social media, not letting them have the narrative mm -hmm. because it's a minority that has this, you know, this narrative and it's being bolstered by media, yeah. social media, regular media. And we're having our voices pushed down. And so we need to be speaking out and telling the truth and supporting our founding fathers, supporting law enforcement, you know, doing the right thing. And so that is my big thing is we're not lost, but if we don't stand up and do the right thing, we can be. So now's the time. A lot of people want to be silent 
I've had them say, well, I'll lose my job or my family will be in danger. And I said, yeah, for the time being, but it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, it's coming to your door. Yeah. So stand up now while you can. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you don't say anything. Absolutely. Yeah. In your opinion, what are some of the most critical items that you should have? Well, of course, obviously firearms and medical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and anytime we go to the range, we always carry our trauma kits, you know, things like that. My wife's an RN or was an RN. She was a labor and delivery nurse for a long time and, and others. But, you know, so she's big into medical and we do a lot of home stuff, you know, home remedies as well. But those are two of the important. The other thing is I have something called the rule of threes. And it's how long you can live without these items. And the first is air. You live three minutes without air. You live three hours in harsh conditions, extreme cold or extreme heat. And then you need shelter. And then three days without water, three weeks without food. And so I base all of my prepping on those things. So whatever I have, I say, okay, these are the important things. Now, there are things that supplement that, like tools, knives, things like that. But that's kind of my basis. And, you know, I build around those those foundations. Mm-hmm. It's simple. So I'm simple. <laughs> it helps me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty smart. And medicine is also something that people don't think about. They have their med kit. But what if you get a high fever? And I think right. back to, I don't know, the caveman error. And some people, they'd get a tooth infection. They die of the tooth infection or right. say their eyesight wasn't great. They're not going to be able to get very far if they can't see. Well, in the Civil War, anybody that was shot in the body, they were just left to die. Wow. And if anybody was shot in the arm or the leg, they just cut it off. Uh, they didn't have antibiotics. They had to stop the infection immediately. I mean, it was it was pretty serious stuff. In World War One, that's the first time they actually came out with any kind of antibiotics at all. So we haven't had antibiotics that long. Mm-hmm. And there are, and like you say, there are remedies. You know, we've just got to find them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, Big Pharma has taken over you know, their profit schemes. And so we don't have access or the knowledge for those items that we used to use. Yeah. You know, because all this is natural based. All these, all these things they do, then they synthesize them, you know, and then they patent them. <laughs> yeah. And, and then if you say that this is a good remedy and it's not approved, you know, then you get fined or censored or go to jail, you know. So, um, and, and I'm not really, it's just a matter of regulations and people doing things and laws being passed. It's not necessarily a conspiracy, but, it just is what it is. What you're saying is essential oils may or may not yeah. work. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, I have a friend of mine, actually, that got a letter. In fact, it was Skinny Medic's wife. She was doing essential oils, and she said, this will help with this. This will help with this. They sent her a letter and said that she had to stop, cease and desist immediately and had to take the video down. Wow. Some of it is protecting the public, for sure. I mean, there are things that people do that are kind of crazy. Yeah. But there are a lot of things out there. I mean, one thing we do is colloidal silver. We've been doing that for years. I mean, I'm talking about like 30 years. And, you know, anytime we have any kind of infections, silver is proven to be an, an antibiotic property, has properties of antibiotic. And that's what they used in World War I. They used silver. But the medical association is like, oh, that's unsubstantiated and blah, blah, blah. So fine. But if I don't have any other choice, that's what we're going to do. You know, we have it. We can make it. Mm-hmm. And what would you so, do? Do you drink it or do you put it on the wound or? Well, you can do either. You, oh, okay. But, you know. You can drink it. We usually mix it. And my wife's got all this stuff set up and where she can test it and all that. But, you know, you just take pure silver, which is, you know, a silver bar that's 99.99% silver. You can use it. And it's an electronic process, these electrodes. You know, it's really simple. And it just transfers the silver into the water. 
And it's a very low dose that you need, but it's just something that, you know, we've done for a long time. In fact, when my daughter got pink eye, when she was a little girl, uh, we went to our pediatrician and Shannon said it. She goes, what do you think if I treat it with this? And he goes, I know there's a lot of basis for that. So let's try it. And it worked. I mean, it just took care of it. Hmm. But the fact is, is, you know, you got to be careful. You got to yeah. you got to have trusted sources. But, you know, the thing is, is if, if there's no other option, what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the way you got to look at it. What would you say are the best bug out guns to have? Well, see, this is, I mean, there's a lot of different choices out there, but the AR-15 to me is the rifle. And mainly because the U.S. military uses it. Most of our police agencies use them. It's the most popular firearm in the country. And it's easy to work on. Just like we were talking about earlier about doing a bill. I mean, anybody can, I can fix it. I can pull the barrel off I can, without, mm-hmm. without, you know, really expensive tools. Yeah. And that's one of the things about the AK, which I love AKs and they're built like tanks and they'll go forever. But if, if ever one breaks or has a catastrophic failure, you're done for it. It's done. So, you know, that is my big thing is if somebody really asked me, what is my choice? You know, if you want to get into like, you know, larger rifles like 308 and SCAR and all that stuff, you know, it, those are just heavy. Mm-hmm. So to me, an AR-15, if I just had one, that would be it. And, and here's the thing. It, it, there's, it's not just one that you need. You need, a tw- you need a 22 of some sort, pistol or rifle, you know, because you need small game, different things like that. You need a handgun for personal defense. Thing is, if you have to sneak out of somewhere or if you're trying to be discreet, there's no substitute for having a handgun. Yeah. And, you know, and to me, nine millimeter, because it's just so prolific and the ammunition's fairly reasonable. I was a 45 guy for years but switched to nine millimeter completely. I mean, I do have 45s, obviously. So you're no um, longer about that FUD life. <laughs> I've been called, I've been called it all. I, tell you that. <laughs> I used to be a FUD, but no more. I switched to the nine yeah. millimeter. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you, you go on my channel and you'll find out that people still consider me a FUD. <laughs> people. But a good shotgun. A good yeah. shotgun is important. So those are the things that you need to cover your bases with. But I'll tell you a little story. I've, I, we have some family members uh, one night they're elderly and they had a break in. It was a home invasion. I mean, they were busting the door down. And so the, the man goes out with his shotgun and he's standing there and the guy busts through the porch door and they get into a struggle and the old man holds the perp down. And while his wife's in the bedroom calling the police, police come, they pick the guy up, the man immediately, as soon as the police got him out of the house, he had a heart attack. His wife's in the back bedroom without a firearm. So if he had had that heart attack during the struggle, his wife would have been vulnerable completely. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I say, and this has, this does relate to, you know, prepping guns is you need to make sure that your family is also armed. So if you have one AR-15, it's better to go ahead and have at least two, one for your significant other or somebody in the household that can use it, you know. And two things do happen. So it's good to have an extra backup. Yeah, definitely. I always maybe it, 10. I always thought it was right. I always thought it was kind of interesting. I've met a lot of male instructors, but they don't teach their wives how to properly use a gun. Just they're like, yeah, she's not interested in it. But I always just thought that it was kind of, I don't know, in a way kind of foolish and irresponsible just because here you are teaching how to protect yourself and then you go home and you're the only person that knows how to use a firearm in the house. So yeah, I always just thought, right. yeah, I agree. I always thought that was so weird. And unfortunately, it's more common than you would think. It really is. And, you know, that's one thing. Uh, my wife was traveling to her mom's up in Chattanooga. It's about a four-hour drive. Had to go through Atlanta. 
and this was during a lot of the unrest. Mm-hmm. And so I packed her a bag, number one, pepper spray. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I've been highly, I haven't always been an advocate for pepper spray, but once I saw a lot of the videos of some of these people being pulled from cars and, you know, even if they had a gun, you know, if you've got 20 people on you, it's really, you know, you're in bad shape, mm-hmm. but having some good pepper spray, which she has some bear spray. And then I have this bag for her and then she has a Glock 19 with about seven magazines in this pouch. And then I have a big flashlight. You know, she just has those essential items for self-defense. And then she carries, for her, she's a concealed carry holder. She has a shield nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's protecting those. My daughter, you know, she works with me full time. She's my secretary, but I didn't give her all the information. So it's not her <laughs> fault. I'm late. But um, she, uh, she has her concealed carry permit. She carries the Glock. She loves the Glock 43. And so, you know, and then my son, Seth, he has a number of handguns as well and has his concealed carry permit. And then on top of that, we have concealed carry insurance, which is huge. It's a huge thing to have. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many. I did it for years, went without it, kept saying I need it, I need it, I need it. And I finally, you know, did it. And especially hearing some of the legal issues Mm -hmm. civil after the trial. Exactly. So. You know, that's also protection. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually I teach that and preach it in my class. All my even if it's not a concealed carry class, if it's just even a basic pistol, I push the insurance because one, it's peace of mind. Two, if you think that the law works in favor of the law abiding citizen, you're wrong. Chances are even if you do everything right, you could still be slapped with a lawsuit. And that kind of thing can definitely ruin your life. It can bankrupt you. It drags out for years and it's just it's horrible some of the things that I've seen. Yes, it is. And I I know of a number of incidences that happened here and it was clear cut. But when there are certain things that come in or some political bent and Mm -hmm. you're in trouble. You know, here in Colorado, a guy a few years back, he was trying to break into a house and he fell through the skylight and landed on some knives and he sued them and he actually won. (sighs) It's just stuff like that. You're just like, how? Yeah. 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 I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, the, you know, justice. What is justice? And that's definitely not it. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, what is it that you conceal carry? Glock G43X. Okay. And I, I haven't always. I, I normally, I carried the, the Glock uh, 26 for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my concealed carry. Now, if I wanted to go deep concealment, you know, I had other options. But then when the SIG P365 came out, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started carrying it pretty much. Now I'd still carry my 26 some, but then I was like, it's 10 rounds, 10 rounds. So why am I doing this? Yeah. So then, and we've put about 2,500 rounds through my SIG P365 without one malfunction. I know Tim from Military Arms has had all kinds of problems. Yeah. I was, <laughs> with well, I also initially had problems. I think they've worked the kinks out now, but I was one of the people that had problems that got it right when it came out and it just, it wouldn't cycle to save my life. But yeah, right. poor Tim. Well, they were. <laughs> Yeah. Tim went through all kinds of stuff. In fact, I talked to Tim quite a bit about it because I wanted to find out what his was doing. Because yeah. it, it took my confidence away. Yeah. I put mine away for a while. But then when the G43X came out, it's bigger. So I really didn't carry it. I just, I liked it. I liked the way it shot. But when the S15 mags by um, Shield Arms, the mm-hmm. 15 round mags came out, you know, you've got a really thin Glock 19. It carries the same amount of rounds. Exactly. And I was like, I can carry 15, so that's what I'm going to do. And so that's what I've been doing. Now, if I'm going out to dinner or I'm doing something, I'll carry my SIG in an appendix style because I can't carry the G43X appendix because the grip sticks out too far. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, and 
and I have a lot of choices. So I have a number of different concealed carry pistols that I use for different things. And so that's, that's kind of my kind of deal. And, you know, sometimes you're going into places that, you know, you really want to be discreet. I'll just leave it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> leave it at that. You really have to be discreet. And yeah. so for those times, you know, I have to choose something smaller, but I want plenty of, plenty of capacity. Yeah, definitely. Changing things up a little bit. I'm curious, what does a typical work week look like for you? Oh, it's absolutely crazy. It, it's not the suits channel on its own. You know, we just we just passed a million subscribers, you know, which is I don't really care about the numbers. I, I really care about helping people. You know, mm-hmm. that's my deal. But it but it does help me to go, OK, I'm traveling the right direction. Yeah. But I try to do two videos there. But then I have my sensible prepper channel, which is about it's over half that size. So it's 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 a whole beast in itself. And so I try to do a couple of videos for that. And so because of that and having range time and everything else and the editing is so far, I mean, it's a, it's a 12 hour day if it's light. Yeah. So I get up early and just go, but I work from home. So I'm around the house all the time. I'm, you know, I'm with my kids, I'm doing stuff. So, uh, you know, it's doable that way. But uh, usually in the mornings I get up, check my emails, and then I drop it. Because if not, I can sit there and monitor emails yeah. know, constantly. And that, that doesn't do. But, you know, I have tabletop stuff I do. I go to the range. I have to do research for different things that I'm working on. I want to make sure that it's accurate. You know, I want to make sure that everything is, is, is right. Because once you say it and you get online, you know, The keyboard warriors come out. Yeah, well, it's just, but it's just misinformation too, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to put that out. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I learned early on is you just got to have a really thick skin if you're going to do, you know, put yourself out there. And, uh, you know, a couple of times I would get into it with some of the trolls, you know, just, they were just fussing. Mm-hmm. And I just hit me. I said, you know what? You need to always take the high road because it just looks bad if you're back at them. And so typically I just take the high road and I don't, I just don't reply to them. Or if I do, it's something funny you know, to make them kind of get the point, but it's yeah. not ugly. So, um, well, you're a better person the, than I am because um, I usually, I look them up. I find out where they're living. I make a bunch <laughs> of prank phone calls. No. <laughs> Call them at night in the middle of the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 3 a.m. Hey, I want to. There are times if it gets that bad, I just block them. I mean, if yeah. they're just being absolutely just, you know, unreasonable. Yeah. And just being hateful. I'll just block them. Yeah. But uh, that's where I've gotten at my point. I'm not even if it's something like a really crude remark or something. And there's no there's no sense in having a reasonable conversation just because it was just a disgusting comment to begin with. I'm just like, yep, block. Bye bye. (laughs) Well, being a female, you've got an added, you know, complication there, too, you know, because I know guys will say whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, that that's just disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, every now and then they will say some nice things or they'll be like, oh, you're beautiful or something. And that I don't mind. And I'm right. just like, oh, right. thanks. You know, but if they're just like, yeah. yeah, like somebody actually one comment did make me laugh. They were like, God bless the person that designed yoga pants. <laughs> 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 I didn't delete that uh, comment. I kind of laughed because it was sort of funny. A, that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I wear mine, I like them. Guys <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're like, yes, all these workouts have been paying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a camera crew that helps or do you do it typically by yourself or does your daughter help? My daughter does help, but I typically do. I've had people in the past that I've used for different things, but I'm always frustrated when I go back and edit, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going, why did they miss this? Why did they do that? I have right. a really good buddy of mine who's a professional photographer. I mean, and videographer, he is professional. He, he makes a living at it. And so he, he would help me some. And 
it was like I was watching it. And I'm like, okay, this is this is where it really is a good shot right here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it. the camera would go somewhere, and I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? And it was like, ah, uh, yeah. So you know, I I kind of get real picky about it, and I am very picky about my editing, which takes me a long time. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like you know, if somebody's going to watch something, they want. They want the details. They want things boom, 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 boom. I'll never forget years ago, I was watching this video and this guy was doing some kind of uh, installment on uh, installing a part on a gun. I really needed to see it. About midway through the video, he stopped and he goes, oh, let me go get that part. And you could, he walked away from the camera and he's digging through some box. And I'm just sitting there going, are you freaking kidding me? You know, just edit that out. But you know, it, it was really good because it really helped me to go, okay, anytime I can cut out something, because I want to make my video, I want information. I want all the information there, but I want to make it as short and compact as I can and still get the information out. Definitely. And and so that that way, I'm not just blah, 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 blah. You know, so I, even though I do that, you know, because I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen your videos. I think you do a fantastic job. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I so. try. You're doing good. You're doing good. Keep up the good work. Has COVID affected you at all? Your work or anything like that? Or not really? Not really. It it did affect my Sensible Prepper channel. I gained 100,000 new subscribers in the month of March. Wow. That's <laughs> was crazy. Like, good God. Uh, but, you know, it's, of course, people were scared. And, you know, but it, but I felt like, you know, it was good. I mean, one of the things that my wife told me one time, she goes, God, you, you have, you know, you you just stay in this negative world. I mean, it's survival and then, you know, shooting and guns and violence and all that. And I looked at her, I said, that's the farthest thing from the truth. I said, honestly, I feel like I'm in a very positive. I said, we live in a negative world. We live in a world that has problems. And to me, I'm helping people to find solutions. Mm -hmm. I said, it's not like, oh, if we don't talk about it, it's not happening. You know, one thing you ought to do sometimes is bring up Crime Stoppers or Neighborhood Watch, go on their site and look at your local area about what's going on in your community. And it will, it'll freak you out a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. We just don't know. We don't know these things are going on. They don't always hit the news. Yeah. No, exactly. And so I have that app, Next Door Neighbors app or whatever. And yes. I just have it within a mile radius. I'm not trying to get up in everyone's business. If it's within a mile of my house, I want to know. And some of this stuff is crazy. There was a drive-by shooting right up the street. I live like in a <laughs> retirement area. All my neighbors are super old. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it definitely it freaks you out. I think I wouldn't say that your channels are negative. I think if anything, you value life and you're trying to teach people how to preserve that. Right. Right. So. That's, that's pretty. That sums it up pretty well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so next time, just tell your wife that. Just say no. You're super positive and you value life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. And then one last question. Do you have any future plans that you can no. possibly share with us? Well, yes, of course, obviously. But, uh, you know, I do fly by the seat of my pants a lot of times. But, you know, it's it's funny because the older I get, I think about it. And then I look at Hickok. You know, he's doing great. And he just keeps being viable. And he and I are good buddies. I love him. And John, too, his son. But, you know, I think some of the things change. But I feel like they're really with the gun community, with social media, with YouTube, with, with even regular media, and then with political pressure, you know, sooner or later, I'm afraid we're going to be pushed out. Yeah. And so, you know, there's some, there's definitely a lot of plans around that. One thing that I do is, and one fact, one thing that was big for me a few years ago, I think it was three years ago when they had the ad apocalypse on YouTube and, you know, our, I mean, I dropped 70% of my income in one month. Wow. I mean, it just went from one month to the next. Thank goodness we had a buffer of a month, you know, where they paid out that last month. 
And the guys over at, at, uh, at Media Lodge, which own Gunbroker, and they also have the website GetZone. And GetZone is a huge outdoor channel. They do, you know, all kind of hunting, but they also do a lot of guns. There's a lot of support from the industry, you know, from advertisers with, the, you know, the big gun companies because they don't really have anywhere else to advertise. Mm-hmm. And so they got in touch with me and said, look, would you be willing to bring your videos that are contraband on video on YouTube and bring them over to us? And I did. And then I do exclusive videos there that I don't do on YouTube. And that has been incredible. Just having that back up to where they're Second Amendment friendly, they're not being pressured by the media or the industry, you know, I mean, these uh, political hacks. And so, you know, it kind of gives me a little freedom to not be so worried. But Mm -hmm. the big thing about YouTube, and this is one thing, because there are some other sites out there, and I do some things on other sites, but I tell people this, because they're always like, we need a gun, YouTube. We don't need YouTube. Screw Google. Screw, you know. Mm -hmm. And well, I understand that, but the big thing about YouTube is this is where everyone goes. They go to YouTube, and we are drawing in thousands, if not millions of people toward protecting the Second Amendment. Yeah. People that are just, they're looking to how to fix a lawnmower, and they happen to look over in that feed and see a gun video. I mean, I had, at one NRA show, I had 30, and I'm telling you, I had 30 different people come up to me and said, I didn't own a gun a few years ago, or I didn't own a gun last year. One guy told me, and he said, I saw one of your videos. I started kind of looking around. I went out and bought a gun. I bought my wife a gun. We have a concealed carry permits now. We joined the NRA and we're here now. So thank you. And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because we are reaching people on YouTube. In fact, I'm on some kind of top 10 list from um, the Bloomberg Moms Demand Action or whatever. <laughs> I'm like public enemy. Number Dang. 10 or nine, I think. Hashtag gold. Because, yeah, yeah, I love it. But, you know, they're like YouTube and they understand it because they see the top YouTube gun channels They because the views. And because while my, it's funny, my subscriptions, there are people that are bigger, but my views are a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Just my video views because not everybody subscribes. Yeah. So, but what happens is, is, you know, is they're noticing what we've known all along is that YouTube is drawing in. And they said, oh, they're influencing all these people to come buy guns. And, oh, it's awful. And I'm like, yes, it's wonderful. (laughs) And so that's the big thing about staying on main social media as long as possible. Yeah, I I agree with that. And what was that? Get zoned? Getzone.com. Yeah, actually. So I was looking at your website and I noticed that and I was like, I haven't heard of that. So I'm going to have to join that. Because it is kind of well, nice that you at least have a backup where people can watch their videos. And I like that you do exclusive content there, too. So it it also drives the public there as well. Right, right. And, you know, and some people that wouldn't necessarily go to YouTube or they're not really looking to guns, they may be a hunter. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, here's a gun video. Because hunters are not always, you know, self-defense guys. Yeah. I mean, they have their shotgun in their closet. but But they don't whatever. have an AR and stuff. Right. Or just a handgun, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, or they carry. And yeah. so this inspires them to get more involved because the more people that we have out there, the good guys that are carrying and doing the right thing, the more force we have out there to keep society at a better level. You know, once concealed carry came in, crime rates dropped all over the country. And it's because they're more afraid of a, a private citizen owning a gun than they are the police. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a definite, uh, you know, presence out there 
And then two, if someone's being hurt or killed, I have a means to be able to stop them. And not only for your own personal defense, but for others. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it's kind of, it folds together. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. We are going to move forward. But before we do, I just want you to tell listeners where they can find you on social media and the internet and all that good stuff. Well, my main deal is the Such, Such 00, S-O-O-T-C-H 00. And you can actually, you can just put it in Google because it's such an unusual name. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't anything I thought out, but I'm glad I did. But, you know, you can just put that in. And of course, YouTube, we have Instagram, which is Such underscore zero zero. And then, of course, our Facebook page, which is Such Fun Gun Reviews Facebook page. We do a, a live video every Tuesday. 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, whichever it is, and uh, for an hour. And that has become hugely popular. We have a lot of fun over there. So um, that's something that I kind of do. It's a little different than the, you know, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we are on GetZone.com and you can go to the Such Zone, which I love. (laughs) That was their (laughs) idea. Uh, But the Such Zone and uh, again, you know, supporting that media that's not necessarily big tech. And then uh, Full30.com. Full30, we do some stuff over there. And uh, GunStreamer, which, you know, is just a low-key, they put all of our videos over there. So there are some other sites out there that are doing things. Mm -hmm. And it's good to see. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Moving forward. So IWI. It's funny. I actually did watch your TS-12 shotgun review. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how is he? Because I swear, this gun has been, it's been frustrating. I love shooting it, but I cannot get camera footage of me shooting it without it making it look like I'm having a seizure. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it has so much... I think I have to just adjust maybe the gas on it or something, but I don't know. And then also it doesn't help that I've been shooting indoors. So I'm restricted to either buckshot or slug. So it has even more power, but it's just every day I bring it, you know, not every day, but every time I go to the range, I bring it again. I'm like, all right, this time it's going to be the gun, me, and I'm going to leave winning. And no, sure enough, (laughs) the gun always wins. (laughs) So frustrating. (laughs) But anyway, so aside from that, the TS-12, it's a lot of fun. It was definitely a fun gun to shoot. I still have it. And one of these days, I'm going to conquer it. But yeah. Oh, you will. And yeah, you can you can play with the gas on it. One thing I found is that if you use high-velocity shells, like turkey loads or things like that, mm-hmm. that will rock your world. Way more than buckshot. Hmm. In fact, it was funny because we were shooting some of it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty stout. I switched to buckshot, and it was less. But wow. we we shot a lot of birdshot through it, and it was very pleasurable to shoot. Yeah. But you definitely have to get a good stance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, I'm telling you, the first time I shot it, my glasses and my ear pro were falling <laughs> off my face. <laughs> and then I took a break, and I stopped, and I just started laughing hysterically because I'm just like, <laughs> and every now and then, if I need a good laugh, I just look back at that footage, you know, where it's just like my glasses, like I'm just being, <laughs> it looks like I'm just, you know, doing that head head pound thing whatever to music and stuff oh it's yeah you're it's just yeah you're rocking rock and roll baby (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) head bang (laughs) Uh, anyways but that is a cool gun also i was on their website and i realized that they have tavora carbine classes in various parts of the u.s have you taken any of their classes i have not but that would be fun yeah they also have an armors class but they have and it's pretty affordable like a two-day class 500 bucks and they have like law enforcement or a special organization personnel teaching the class and it's typically you would be using the tavor sar the x95 
which sounds awesome. And apparently right. if you don't have one, there is an option that you can rent one of the guns. So really cool. Check that out at IWI.us. If you click on their accessories and you find something you like, I just posted a picture of me wearing the IWI apron because, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was making steaks. And so, of course, I had to complete the look and put on that IWI apron and it was really affordable. I think it was like 10 bucks. And then I used the code gunfunny15, got 15% off on top of that. Also got some patches. So definitely head over there and get all the accessories and use that code. All right, now it's time for political AF. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. New Hampshire governor vetoes red flag law. The Republican governor, Chris Sununu, last week vetoed a bill that would have allowed gun seizures without due process, which typically it sounds like every gun flag law out there. But basically, the House Bill 687 was described as a red flag bill by lawmakers designed to remove guns and ammunition from someone felt to be at risk harming themselves or others. It was pushed by anti-gun groups and sent to the governor on a Democratic heavy vote. Thankfully, Governor Sununu, said, quote unquote, unfortunately, the process laid out in House Bill 687 goes too far and would weaken the constitutional rights of law-abiding New Hampshire citizens. This bill could lead to situations where law-abiding granite slaters have their property seized with no notice or opportunity to speak in their defense. The lack of due process in this legislation is antithetical to New Hampshire and American tradition. Like I said, I know each red flag bill varies within states, but it all kind of seems like it's slightly the same as in I think it's law enforcement or a family member can seek out the order. And this also it does include non-relatives. Um, if you've cohabited, wow. yeah, if you've cohabited with the individual within the last 24 months or if you were romantically involved with them and those violating such orders could face as much as seven years in prison, while those who filed the claim, if it was falsely filed, would only be subject to a misdemeanor. As you can imagine, there's a bunch of problems that come with that. Let's say, you know, it was an ex-girlfriend. She's mad at the guy. She lived with him for a few years and she knows he's a huge Second Amendment advocate. And she's like, I'm just going to report him and say that he's going to harm himself or someone else. And yeah, there's just there's so many issues that come along with the red flag laws. So unfortunately, I believe right now 19 states already have them. Wow. Yeah. But if your state does not have it, don't forget to vote no on that because there is a lot of problems with that law. Moving forward, Sharps Bros. Are you familiar with Sharps Bros? They're the ones that have. Yeah. Okay. They make some really cool lowers. My favorite's the Jack, but they have the Warhog and all kinds of stuff. And they definitely they have a Spartan, don't they? Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty cool. The Spartan is at Rainier Arms. And it's exclusive uh, for Rainier Arms, which you can always get, obviously, at Rainier Arms. And yeah, they have some really cool stuff. So definitely check them out. Also, they have a lot of t-shirts and stuff on their website. And that's at sharpsbros.com. And now it's time for Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right, guys. So as always, if you have any questions for me, just submit them at gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and submit your question and your name will never be said on air unless you want me to. Today's question is, I saw you cook steak the other day. How do you like your steak cooked? Oh, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Don, how do you like your steak? Medium rare. Medium rare. Hmm. 
You know, so I like my medium. And I know that most people are like, no, everyone likes it basically still mooing. And it's just like, oh, I can't get past it. <laughs> Especially when you get your fork and you're going to cut it and then blood oozes out. It's just, <laughs> it's just a little too uh, for me. So obviously, I don't want it well done. Although it is funny because I grew up where my dad, his mom, whenever she'd cook, she would burn everything. And yeah. when he got married to my mom, he was so used to everything being burnt that he needed everything <laughs> to be well done. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't eat it. And then as a result, that's kind of what I grew up was everything was kind of dried out. So now if it's just super juicy and ugh, I can't, I can't do it. I do like my baking really crispy, though. Oh, I do, too. That's yeah. So <laughs> but I've gotten better over the years where now, OK, I could do medium or even if it's a little bit more pink, I'm OK with that. But I definitely can't be where it's just seared and then seared and then on your plate. I just can't do that. <laughs> ah, it's so good. I know. And it's according to what steak it is. Not now ribeye, I like it done about medium. Uh, yeah. because it just it just cooks it better. There's something about it. It really needs to be cooked medium. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm more of a medium rare. I like it a little bit bloody, but not too bad. So just I, I like it because it usually it's not dried out. Yeah. And that's my big thing. That's what I made the other day. I had a barbecue at my house and it was ribeye. Mm. And I got and they were actually really thick steaks. They were pretty good. And I made sure, I'm not an expert, but I made sure that they had that nice marbling. Oh, yeah. Because before that, because I hate the fat. So I used to get the ones that look the leanest. <laughs> right. And they don't have as much flavor. They don't. No. And then I also like to eat it with, I mix horseradish and sour cream together. Ooh. And yeah. I don't know. It just tastes better that way. So mm -hmm. I love horseradish. Me too. I love anything spicy. Me too. I can't get enough just, of it. Just bring it. <laughs> oh, in fact, you want to hear a funny story? This is slightly yes. off topic, but I have my Patreon group. And if you're a Patreon, you get access to the Gun Funny Patreon Facebook page. And it's only for Patreon. So anyways, there was a few Patreons that had birthdays that day. And they're good friends of mine. And I was with my girlfriend and my one friend, I called him up to wish him a happy birthday. And he's like, yeah, you should take a shot for me. And I was like, uh, meanwhile, it's on a Sunday. Not like that <laughs> really matters because when you're self-employed, you know, you pretty much work every day. But anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'll take a shot for him. So we ended up recording a video and putting it on the Patreon group. And then I'm like, wait, why did we even record a video? We could have just went live. So then we went live and I was like, you know, I have to drive home. I took one shot, but my girlfriend Lacey doesn't work because we were at her house. So I was like, she's going to take another shot for you. And then long story short, we ended up getting peer pressured into taking another shot. So anyways... <laughs> Yeah. So That's here we are. Works. My girlfriend takes three in a row. I take two. And she told me that this whiskey that I was drinking, it was cinnamon flavored. And I took it and I was like, it's so weird. I don't taste cinnamon. And then after the video was done and we were just fooling around, I looked at the bottle and it said ghost pepper. And I was like, no wonder oh. I am so hot right now. I was just like, oh, like my mouth wasn't on fire, but my body physically was starting to sweat. <laughs> it's so oh, wow. Bad. Yeah. Ghost pepper. Ghost pepper whiskey. <laughs> oh, of course. That means you had to pick that. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, That's yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thanks, my girlfriend. Yeah, I think it's cinnamon. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I swear, I was really physically hot for like a good hour. <laughs> and at wow. first, I was just like, oh, it's probably the alcohol. Maybe I'm getting drunk. I don't know. And sure enough, it was because it was ghost pepper. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't really like that kind of spicy. At least it didn't dr it light up your mouth, you know? I mean, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd be like, give me all the milk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, Polymer 80. I saw Polymer 80. They posted a picture of their PF320, which is basically a frame. I wouldn't even really consider it a frame because it's not serialized, but it's essentially, let's just call it the frame. But somebody asked, why is the PF320 so much less expensive than all the other 80% frames on their website? Because it's only $60. And that's because there's no jig, locking blocks, rear tail modules, or drill bits. And it's essentially just a unserialized piece of plastic for your SIG P320 fire control unit. So that's why. And you don't have to remove any materials. Literally, you get it out of the box and it's ready to go. So there you have it. So make sure you check it out, polymer80.com. They have them in stock right now. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 15% off. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Apex just came out with the Apex Tactical Hellcat Trigger. I don't know if you saw that. They opened up for pre-order, but it's not available just yet. But basically, it's the action enhancement trigger for the Springfield Hellcat, which I do have one of those. And it includes a new trigger, sear spring, and striker spring, all of which improves the trigger pull while reducing travel and pull weight. It's a direct drop-in replacement to the factory Palmer trigger. The kit starts at $79.95, and the new trigger will be available in black, red, thin blue line, and black anodized Freedom Edition. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit of a trigger snob. Apex, I've noticed, is a little hit or miss, and I don't know if it's just different generations, but unfortunately, I've never been able to tell the difference if I'm getting, say, and I don't even know if there's different generations, but let's say there's a Gen 1 or a Gen 2. The Gen 1 seems very squishy to me, and then I've put other Apex triggers in where it's just a nice crisp pull, so I don't know. It's weird. With the Smith & Wesson SVD Victory or whatever, the 9mm, that trigger was so terrible. And I put it in one of the Apex triggers. It made a world of difference. I mean, it really did. But see, now I have the Hellcat, and I've shot quite a bit. We, we shot it next to the P365, and the P365 had a definitely better trigger. Mm -hmm. So... And then I've heard they have had some issues uh, with their triggers, you know, not not functioning correctly from the factory. So it would probably be a good idea if you're carrying a Hellcat to, to put in Apex. I mean, they build a pretty decent reputation. Yeah, they definitely do. I just have noticed that I don't know if it's quality control or what, but it does seem like it kind of changes or maybe it's just the gun that I put it in. But some are definitely better than others. And I can't figure out why. <laughs> so I don't know. It's weird. And it's like, I wish, you know, I wish on the packaging, it said like, oh, Gen 1, Gen 2, because you got to think that over the years, they're obviously making enhancements. So maybe right. when I go to a gun store, they have the ones that were made two years ago or something. I don't know. It's weird. And like I said, I have the Springfield Hellcat. I didn't hear anything about the triggers. Is it just that they just don't function? Well, yeah, I just saw some chatter and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's predominant. But there have been some that said that the trigger bar wasn't resetting the, the trigger. It had a little bit of, if you moved it over to the side, it wouldn't function correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did see where some people were complaining. I have not had any problems. And honestly, anybody that I know, I haven't heard anything. Mm -hmm. But I do know that the trigger on the Hellcat could use a little bit of improvement. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's, it's serviceable. It's doable. But I really like the, the SIG seemed to be a little better. Mm -hmm. And so that would be because the hell, that's a great pistol. Oh, I mean, yeah. Really well, is. even right now, I've said this before on the show at this point for concealed carry, 
the two biggest options right now are the P365 or the Hellcat just because of mag capacity. Right. Why would you go for, before I used to carry the Glock 42 and I had an extended base plate so it would hold eight plus one, but why would I carry that when I have a gun over here that'll hold 13 rounds and it's the same size? Exactly, exactly. So. I mean, it was it was a beautiful thing when SIG came out with the P365. Oh, yeah. It was definitely it really, a game changer. Yes, it was. And so uh, Springfield coming in right behind it with an additional round and already has the RMR cuts, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, uh, I think they really stepped up to the plate with the Hellcat. Yeah. What did you think about the sights? I'm trying to remember. It, it has that U. <laughs> so it has the front sight oh, that yeah. looks like just the typical dot. And then it has that U for the back sights. And I thought, oh, wow, this is super cool. And then when I shot it, I was like, what the? I just was not, <laughs> I couldn't get used to it. I had to change out the sights. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that it seemed to me the SIG shot a little better uh, as far as sight, you know, as far as the sights go. And I think it's just a three dot sight. But typically I like, you know, that black in the back with a U notch yeah. on some guns. But uh, it just seemed like I was shooting better with this with the SIG. Maybe it was the sights then. May have been. <laughs> Which is what I hear the- all the time as an instructor. I think my sights are off. That's why I'm not hitting the target. <laughs> <laughs> I'll blame it on something. <laughs> right? Yeah. But anyways, if you guys want to check out that trigger, I know that pre-ordering will begin soon. So just check back on their website, I guess, probably in a week or two. Moving forward, Trigger Brew. I sent some coffee named Gourmet Shit to my friend who's a coffee connoisseur, and she loved it. So not only does it have great names that are funny, but it also tastes great. If you guys want to check that out, go to TriggeredBrew.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY, and that gets you 20% off. Stupid. Funny. Cool. Interesting. Awesome. As Never mind. AF. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been, with all of the lockdowns and stuff taking place, there's been some speakeasy places opening up. So maybe back in the day, it used to be like a speakeasy bar. Well, now it's speakeasy gyms. And, you know, I believe this. <laughs> when I read the article, I was just like, yeah, this doesn't even surprise me. Because during the stay-at-home order in Colorado, and I think it lasted two and a half months, the biggest thing that I missed was working out. I could easily do away with, I kind of did miss restaurants and bars. But for the most part, the thing that I missed the most, though, was definitely working out. And a lot of listeners know that I do the bar classes, and it's a group class. So it also, I mean, I try doing at home, but you can only go so far before you're like, eh, I'm sweating, I'm going to take a break, or you just get distracted, you look at your plant, you're like, oh, no, I got to water that plant or you know you're trying to do breath work and your dog comes up licks you in the face so yeah it's just I can only I could totally understand if this was an option to do the whole speakeasy workout I totally would do it but apparently it's popping up everywhere throughout the country because a lot of people that's the one thing that they just can't live without and I think it's the same thing they can try to do at-home workouts but I don't know if if you notice but during the whole stay-at-home order If you were trying to buy a set of weights or something from online, they were all sold out. Everyone pretty much had the same idea, like, no problem. I don't have to go to the gym. I could just work out. But they were impossible to find. It was crazy. Right. So, I don't know. Do you work out? Yes. I was going to say, it looks like you work out. Oh, well, thank you. No, but seriously, you are are in good shape. So I try. 
Did you have a hard time? What did you miss the most during the whole stay-at-home order? Well, we definitely, we're, we're members of the YMCA right here, and it's a really nice facility that they have. And, you know, and so when everything closed down, of course, it did too. And it was, it was kind of tough trying to decide how to do it. And you're right. I mean, and, and I've always found this, found this to be true is that whenever I have exercise equipment at home, I work, I do that for about a month mm-hmm. and then I'm, then it sits in a corner. Yeah. You know, we have a treadmill and, you know, it's, it's like, oh, and it's time to get back on it, you know, and you're, you're never consistent. And I think there's something about going to a gym and, you know, really working out and having a certain rhythm, you know, you have a certain workout you know, plan that you have and, you know, it keeps you motivated, but that's pretty funny because I I did see a number of things about, you know, especially gyms being raided or, you know, them coming and closing them down by Mm -hmm. force and even arresting gym owners, you know, and, but they're letting, they're letting felons out I know know, because of COVID, but yet they're arresting people. I mean, it just, it's just such a mixed up mess. Oh, I know. Um, I know. People here they are is like, and I feel like staying healthy and staying fit. I'll say ever since I started working out, I've not been sick once. So I'm going on, I mean, almost two years that I haven't been sick. So I would say, if anything, by having it as something that's underground, I feel like it's not as well regulated where people aren't taking as many precautions as they would if it were typically open to the public and they could only let so many people in a time or they had to wear masks or wash their hands or whatever. Because it's all underground, so they're like, well, whatever we can, you know, no rules apply here. Right, right. Clean, cleanliness, sanitate, you know, yeah. sanitary. Yeah. I know for us when we go to the gym, which they did, re- they reopened it, and so they give you a, you know, a disinfectant towel, and you're supposed to clean it, and they have them all around. So mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of self, you know, serve, and and it's worked out really well. Yeah. But I think, you know, you're, you're healthier, you're eating better, you know, and otherwise you're just sitting around eating junk food. Oh, I know. <laughs> that is not very healthy. Don't even get me started. I was literally in the best shape of my life before COVID. That was the best. Like, I've never been in better shape. And then COVID happened and I was like, well, I guess I'll just sit around, watch TV and eat. And I gained probably the six pounds back, but I definitely lost some muscle mass. So now I've just been trying to work out as much as possible, trying to get back into it. And yeah, it's been frustrating. Stupid COVID. Well, you know, it's funny. The American spirit, they always find a way. That's true. That is true. And so that to me is cool. Absolutely. All right. iTunes review. So these are the last iTunes review. If you guys have not left a review, please do so. Otherwise, next week I have no reviews to read. So first review is Cheer 17 Love it. Five stars. I love the content. It would also be cool if you had a couple of the local LGS owners and workers like Family Firearms or Springs Armory in the cast to talk about their experience since this COVID craziness happened. Thanks so much. And as always, I look forward to the next cast. Second one is Joe556. Always a great show. Five stars. Just what I need to start the week off. Always interesting guests with a sprinkling of irrelevant comedy and guns throughout. Doesn't get any better than that. Okay, Don. So out of those two, I want you to pick a winner. Wow. First or second? I'm going to go with Joe556. All right, Joe556. You are the winner. So contact me either on social media or the contact form on gunfunny.com. And now it's come to that time to wrap up. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything there. If you want to support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. And all you have to do to do that is go to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. 
Blown Deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. Some of the patrons have been posting pictures of their Cerakote jobs from when they won uh, in previous months. Freaking awesome work. Blown Deadline does just, it's Michael Segoe and he does amazing work. And $5 and up patrons get a patron only patch after three months, so it'll never be for sale. Also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, and Star Wars 77. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say Operator Tickles was once bitten by a cobra. After days of excruciating pain, the cobra passed away. All right. And Don, thank you so much for spending your afternoon with me. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you? Uh, Such 00 on YouTube and Such Fun Gun Reviews on Facebook and Such underscore 00 on Instagram. All right. Awesome. On that note, we are out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.